0: Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Bea Bonner, and you're listening to Community voices right here on NPR Illinois. Today, I am talking to Tina Simmermaker, co-owner of West of Wise Winery. Thank you so much for joining me today, and you know, go ahead and say that name about three times.
1: Y'all. I, I know <laughs> I've I've had many years to practice, so <laughs> it's it's great to finally make it here and uh, and to meet you. Yeah, well, I'm so
0: excited to talk to you. You know, one of my favorite pastimes now is drinking wine, especially when I go home to see my mom. We are very frequent wine drinkers together so and I know there's a lot of people that listen that want to learn more about wine today so you know but the first thing we want to do here we want to get to know you a little bit okay so you know tell us where you're from and we're we know you're not a central Illinois native so tell us where you're from and how you ended up here
1: well let's say 36 years ago I married somebody who was from here Mm -hmm. and so we have lived all over the country with uh, certain positions that I've had and uh, my husband Daryl has been a uh, I always called a basement winemaker for years. <laughs> Our last stop before we came back to central Illinois, or he came back, was in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. We were there for 20 years. I grew up in West Virginia, but that seems like a thousand years ago now. <laughs> and so we decided the vineyard sits on his family's farm in mm. Kilburn, Illinois. And so uh, we knew that we were to open up the winery, we would have to come back. And so about it's gosh, it's ten years, going on eleven years now. We made the decision to come back.
0: Wow. So how have you been enjoying your time in Central Illinois so far?
1: Well, it's worked out well. Um, Of course, when we decided to move from Louisville, one of our daughters was halfway through high school, and the other was in college. So you know, we ruined their lives. They were (laughs) never ever going to be the same. The good news is they've all done. They've both done very well. And they're very happy. So our oldest daughter lives in California. And then our youngest works with us at the winery.
0: Wow. So this mm-hmm. is really truly like a family. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I yes. I love that. I love that. And, you know, I was reading a little bit about your history and mm-hmm. what really caught my eyes that, you know, your husband said that he was reading an article on great <laughs> production. and He decided, you know, I have to do this. So right. What about
1: that article, you know, made him say we need to do this? Well, you know, again, I think it was he was as I call it basement wine. Usually <laughs> usually winemakers start out unless, you know, unless you're in California, start out with a kit. Mm -hmm. And so they make several kits. And we had more than several in our basement in Louisville. So he wanted to move on and have his own grapes. And that's where the vineyard started. He and uh, his brother, his older brother, um, decided that they were going to put this in. My father-in-law, who's now deceased, Mm -hmm. was not so crazy about that because it was not corn. You know, it wasn't soybeans. So it was something new. But so we have a five-acre vineyard. And what we decided was if we did not decide to do this or give it a shot you know we could have never you you never look yourself in the face again you know we really wanted to see I wanted to run my own business and he wanted to make wine commercially so it worked out Oh, my gosh. I love to hear that
0: because most of the time when I get people in here, I'm like, okay, now, were you okay with starting this business? And he was like, okay, uh, let's do it. Or, you know, was there some. So that is, is really good
1: that you all were on one accord and decided to take that shot. Yes, it is. Yeah. I'm sure there. we take turns even after today is our anniversary. Oh, happy at anniversary. The, well, not that kind of anniversary. Uh-oh. It's business anniversary. Okay.
0: Well, happy anniversary to Thank you. We've
1: <laughs> been uh We have been open eight years today. And the tasting room So yeah I think we both had had other careers And decided that you know we wanted to work for ourselves Mm -hmm. And this was a, a good way to do it well I love that I love Mm -hmm. that and
0: I can't wait to hear more but you know yesterday as I was talking with co-host and producer of the show Vanessa Mm -hmm. brought up that episode of I love Lucy (laughs) when Lucy is stumping on grapes yes and so that got us thinking you know a lot of people don't actually know how wine is really made I mean I was thinking about it too I'm like well I don't know every time I turn on the tv and they're talking about wine they are stumping on grapes right so can you tell us
1: clear it up for us Tina how is the process of wine what's the process how do you make it well that misconception's out there and there are a lot of wineries that have that as an event still (laughs) but it's somewhat dangerous (laughs) what happens is after the grapes are picked they're brought in and picking unless you have a huge machine Mm -hmm. which is a hundred thousand dollar machine or rented is still done by hand wow so you bring those tons of grapes in they are destemmed and crushed and then um, they are put into a press. Most of us have water presses, which means it's like a big balloon in the center and then they're pressing these destemmed grapes out and then this juice is, is uh, then funneled and then it goes through the same process of having the grapes into the press and then into the tanks. Yeah, so how long mm-hmm. does this process typically take? Well, uh, most people will, uh, if they get the grapes and they're not sitting them on the skins for the red. Typically, that process happens that day once okay. it's picked. Wow. Now, it's the length of time is after <laughs> it's in the tank. Yeah, that's all right. Again, it's totally up to the winemaker. They're looking at what kind of yeast to use. Are they going to make it sweet? Are they going to make it a dry? There's a misconception that, that all wine is sweet. Mm. And it is in the beginning, but once you put it through the fermentation process, all of those sugars are eaten up. So again, then the winemaker has to decide where he's headed or she's headed with that particular product
0: yeah and you know what grapes are the most important part of the process It things like so Mm -hmm. what are the best conditions for you know growing these grapes and making sure you have the best you know pick a bunch
1: well interestingly enough grapes like to grow places that aren't all that wonderful Mm -hmm. you know we have wonderful and we're lucky uh, because we have sandy loam, and that's very important. You have to have a lot of drainage. If not, then your yeah. roots will rot. So you're looking at something that I think one of the things that people because we use Illinois grapes in Mm -hmm. our wine. Illinois grapes would not be most likely if you and your mom went to the store in Chicago. Mm -hmm. You probably wouldn't be familiar with those. right? And so we do a lot of education about when people come to the winery about, you know, Illinois grapes and how it matches up to what you've been buying at the local Friar Tuck. So we do a lot of that. But uh, you have... Again, the Illinois grapes are different, and we have five acres of our own, and then we purchased some from Mockingbird Vineyards, which is in um, Manito. Wow,
0: mm-hmm. wow, wow. Well, I really am glad that you cleared that up for us because, you know, a lot of people don't actually know that. I mean, when I think about grapes, I think about places in like California mm-hmm. or like other places. It it's So when I first started looking at this, it was so hard for me to imagine that there
1: was a vineyard here in Illinois. Yeah, there <laughs> are several. The unfortunate thing is we would like to have more vineyards. Yes. And it's a very meticulous, hands-on type of agriculture. Mm. So it's not an easy thing to step into. You're not going to be in a combine and air conditioning. You're out there. And so we were really in... Uh, There is a Grape Growers Association that we're really pushing to get more vineyards in Illinois. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. What's that process like? Well, we started our vineyard back in 2007, Mm -hmm. and usually you do not have a usable grape until four or five years. Wow. So it's a a long-term process. process. Yes, long-term. Wow. And um, it's a lot of money to set that up and get your vines in there and take care of them without any cash flow so anyhow that's not always what folks who are getting into agriculture are looking for
0: well i'm so glad you're here educating us because like i said i'm y'all i'm asking questions for all of us because i that's don't know okay. so i'm glad tina's here and again if you're just now listening you're tuning into community voices on npr illinois and i am co-host and editor B. Uh, be bonner today i have tina summermaker co-owner of west of wise winery again y'all try to say that three times <laughs> i, I you <laughs> we're just learning about wine and grapes and what it takes what's the process like because I'm sure many of y'all could not tell me what the process is like and I'm here letting y'all mm-hmm. know today what the process is like so again thank you for being here and you know as we move on I want to talk a little bit about you know the actual wine and what makes a good wine and mm-hmm. what makes a good winemaker because mm-hmm. I think that's another thing that you know we don't know you know I have friends who have parents that have just started wine businesses and you know, they'll invite us for tasting, but I'm like, I really don't know what I'm supposed to be tasting for right, sometimes. So right. what
1: makes a good wine? Well, the first thing, and I think in years past which made it very unapproachable for people is the good wine is what you like Mm -hmm. there's a misconception that it has to be a hundred dollar bottle of wine Mm. that sat around for 25 years again a lot of people who are first going into wines do the sweet wines and then progress through up to drier wines Mm -hmm. but again you need to remember that you need to drink what you like. <laughs> and you know, we get people who are like, "Oh, well, you know, I can only drink with Swiss fish and I can only mm-hmm. drink drink what you like." Now, yes, there are foods that you can pair, cheeses that that may bring out a particular quality in mm-hmm. a wine or in a food. But again, you, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a deep red Merlot with your hamburger. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I think that's a misconception. So a good wine is what you like. And again, the other misconception is it does not have to be a $50 bottle of wine but you probably are going to have to go through a few 16, 18 and 20 dollar bottles yeah. of wine before you find the one that you like. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Yep. Well, I want to talk about your wine
0: tasting room too. Speaking sure. of tasting wine and fi- figuring out what you like, so, you know, what are you having for people when they come to taste? I saw some sangria on there, which is oh, like yeah. a personal favorite <laughs> of mine. And then I saw something called pink. Is it pink naked lady? It's pink naked lady. Now listen, yeah. I think I've had that before at the State Fair one you probably did so and it was so good but you know what else do you have what are some favorites
1: well and again I think there's also a misconception that all of Illinois wines are sweet Mm -hmm. so I'm kind of speaking for everybody in the state, is many of your winemakers, especially in the last 10 to 12 years, are more educated, have more differing palates themselves. Yeah. So, you know, um, while you may need to make a widespread of wines from dry to sweet for your customers, again, I think folks need to get out there and taste because things have come a long way in the last 10 years. Yeah. We do everything from a bourbon barrel Norton, which spends six to eight months. Um, It's a Norton, which is a dry, well, I shouldn't say a dry grape. It's a red grape. And we put ours in four roses barrels, Mm -hmm. freshly dumped. And so that would be my driest. I have some more middle of the road. And then we make a blackberry sangria (laughs) and a pink naked lady sangria. And so those, I'm afraid if we stopped making the blackberry, we would probably have a revolt. Oh no, <laughs> um, it is very, uh, it, it we're very lucky in that it's been well received. But so it's, um, it's interesting at least right now with the varietals that we have are that the very, very dries and the very, very sweets, wow, are, now we we have. 10 in between there, and uh, everyone you talk to, everybody has their favorite. So the way we approach it is when you come in, you choose four of them. Mm -hmm. We pour about an ounce in a small taster glass and then sort of like a beer flight, Mm -hmm. which we started during COVID so people could sit down and enjoy themselves while they were tasting rather than us trying to move them along, Yeah, you know. And so that's the way we start to introduce people to our wines at our tasting room. Yeah, yeah. Do you do a lot of educating too while people are there? We do because people will walk in and say, I only drink Chardonnay. We can't grow Chardonnay in central Illinois. Mm -hmm. So, Uh, We have a Chardonnay, so we walk them through that process and encourage them to try it. A Save All would be similar, you know. I want a Pinot Gris. Well, Mm -hmm. my Save All is very similar to that. I think they're somewhat relieved because we drink a lot of different wines Mm -hmm. ourselves, and our staff does also, so we can pair those up. And then I have some that walk in and say, Give me your driest, give me your sweetest. You know, so you try to educate. Some people aren't there to be educated. Some right. folks are just there to party. They so just come to have a good time. That's right. And so, you know, get anything from they won't they'll spend twenty minutes with you at the tasting bar or they're there and they pick the three sweetest sangrias and sit down. So yeah. it's a it's a little different. Well, I'm so glad and you know, Tina, this has been
0: such a delight having you here and just learning more about what's in our community and learning
1: more about your family is Mm -hmm. actually really doing this, like from start to finish. (laughs) That is amazing. Yeah, we've even involved my my brother-in-law, Daryl's older brother, manages the vineyard Mm -hmm. for us. Plus, it's right outside his house. So he, he, poor guy, now that he's (laughs) retired, I think We've conned him into that. but um, So yes, it, it's truly with his children and our children and then the three of us. It's It truly is a family business.
0: Well, I'm so excited for people to come and enjoy and learn more. But, you know, I did want to talk about a mm-hmm. little bit. You all are always doing events and things. Yes. And I saw you all have a 5K coming up. Oh, yeah. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that or any other mm-hmm. fun events you all have going on.
1: Well, we have two that will be coming up rather quickly. April 1st is our adult Easter egg hunt. And last year was our first year. We were hoping that we would get 50 people, and we cut it off at 150. Okay, yeah. So it's uh, it's a – a fun event and we don't recommend bringing your children okay.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> Y'all <hit> it, right? <laughs> yeah yeah
1: it is an adult easter egg uh, the other is the 5k it's on april 29th and it runs through the new salem state park and so it's a 5k we start at 10 so you're late enough to come back and start drinking many people's families come with them and we will have we have food there i believe the pizza guy is coming this year Ooh. so they'll start getting their food and their drinks and they're all set before the runners even come back so <laughs> well it sounds like such a fun time it is. I love this
0: and you know as we kind of wrap up here is there anything else you wish people knew about wine wineries vineyards or just being in business
1: I would say that just being in business is something that we found is you can do it Mm -hmm. it's not easy it's it's a little frightening and again the thing is you have to try different things yes if you have a set path and you can't veer from that you probably will have a tough time in business But otherwise, I think if your passion's in there and you have a lot of stick <laughs> whatever <laughs> other term that might be, I think it is something. Because, again, that was our one thing. We didn't want to look back in our 80s and say, gosh, I wish we'd done this. Right, right, right. Well, you all
0: are doing it indeed. <laughs> and so I'm so glad this has become like a family affair. I it is. That. I it love is. it. Yep. I love it. Well, if people are looking for more information, they want to come visit you Mm -hmm. or hear more about your story, where can they go?
1: Probably the best. Of course, we're on Facebook, but uh, westofwise.com is our website. Well, awesome. You hear that, folks. So go ahead and give them a visit. Check them out. But Tina, is there anything else that you want to tell us about or a note just to leave us on? I think... Again, I'm I'm going to put my push in for Illinois wines. They've come a long way. People need to get out there, give them a try, and go in with an open mind. Many of us do not uh, bring California grapes in. We use what's here, and with the recent local, you know, buys and local pushes to buy, I think this is just a great, easy way to buy local.
0: To listen to past Community Voices segments, please visit NPRIllinois.org. Community Voices airs weekdays at noon and Saturdays at 5 p.m. Production assistance is provided by the Community Voices team. Randy Eccles, Vanessa Ferguson, Logan Bricker, and Tim Bowl. Community Voices is a production of NPR Illinois. I'm Bee Bonner. Thanks for
1: listening and good afternoon.